conclude our remarks on the question, what do we know about the essential moral character of God from the Bible? As to God's essential character, it is said that God is love, which is a moral attitude on the part of the Godhead, whereby the highest well-being or happiness of all beings in the universe is willed as an ultimate end of the divine existence. It is not a fixed constitution back of the will, but a voluntary choice in the divine personality to guide all their actions by the law of disinterested benevolence or a virtuous intention, as distinguished from a selfish intention. God is thus conforming himself to the great moral light and truth that abides in the divine intellect. Love in the biblical sense is not an emotion, but a state of good willing. It is a renunciation of the principles of self-interest to be continually devoted to the virtuous end of the highest blessing of all moral beings in particular and of all other creatures in general. This profound love and devotion, we are told, has prevailed among the members of the Holy Trinity from eternity and has characterized all their actions. We now go on in our Bible reading to see in the third place from the New Testament that this loving disposition of God was the mainspring of redemption. From this love, redemption flowed. Of course, we think of that familiar passage in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave, or the love of God was the great incentive of the whole program of salvation. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, we read this great summary of the mercy of God. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16, we have another profound statement. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And in verse 1 of the third chapter. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. And then in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, the apostle tells us about the great love wherewith God hath loved us because he was rich in mercy. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 16, we read, Now the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. In 1 John 4.19 we read, We love because he first loved us. But our Lord Jesus Christ also poured out the very love of his heart 
as he came to give his life a ransom for many. And so we read in John 15, 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And in that great passage of personal devotion, in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, we read, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And then in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2, And walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. And in the last part of verse 25, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And then in Revelation chapter 1, that great summary of divine grace, that the saints of God in heaven shall never weary of singing in their praises beyond. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In the fourth place, God's evaluation of the importance of love is set forth in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that great chapter on love. In the first three verses, we learn that fluent speech, prophecy, understanding and knowledge, faith, outward gifts, or extreme personal sacrifices are of no avail without love. So essential is the concept of love. Then in verse 4 we read, Love suffereth long and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, and then love never faileth. Then we have the greatest abiding continuance of love as a supreme gift and interest in the kingdom of God in the last part of this chapter. And in the last verse, and now abideth faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And so God evaluates the very essence of moral character on the part of man to be love. And certainly this is a testimonial as to the essence of his great profound character. But in the fifth place, the nature of love as a voluntary disposition to be entered upon and maintained is illustrated in God's commands to men. Our Lord Jesus Christ in that great period of controversy as recorded in John chapter 5 and verse 42 said these words to his religious opposers, Ye have not the love of God in you. And in the 15th chapter of John, verses 9 and 10, our blessed Lord admonished his dear ones to continue ye in my love, 
They were to maintain a disposition of love and obedience, even as the Lord Jesus did. Love is the supreme ruling preference of the mind to live for the glory of God. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verses 13 and 14, we read this admonition. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Let all your things be done with love or charity. And then in the fifth chapter of Ephesians, we have read verse 2. We also want to look at verse 1 in this connection. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. So if we are to be followers of God, we must follow the same principles of love that God follows. In other words, we must be imitators of the essence of God's moral character. Then in 1 Timothy 1.5 we read that the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart, a singleness of purpose, a heart of love toward all. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5 we read about the perfection of this love in this great epistle of love. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. And then in chapter 4, verses 16, the last part. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So we understand something of the very essence of the love of God, by the command that we as Christians are to likewise dwell in the very essence of love, or we are to deny our own selfish ways and live for the same ultimate glorious goal of disinterested love and benevolence that God lives for. And in chapter 5, verse 3 of 1 John, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Indeed, if we love God with all our heart, we are anxious to keep his precious commandments and to rejoice in our great, loving, tender Savior, whose abounding love is the very thrill and essence of our hearts. And then in Jude, verse 21, we read, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So God lives in the great ultimate intention of love, and we are commanded as Christians to likewise live for the same glorious ultimate intention of love and banish selfishness from our hearts as God has banished selfishness from his. In these passages, love is set forth as an action to be maintained, an ultimate purpose of will that we are to persist in, just as God does. Then again, we have been given the specific command, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and thy neighbor as thyself, and so forth, as summarized in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 39. This indicates that the state of love is a voluntary thing. 
It is a conformity of will to the situation which prevails. It is a compliance to moral light that exists in our intelligence. Thus love is the great moral attribute of God. Love is the essence of God's moral character and is the guiding principle of all the actions of the Godhead. Love is the whole of moral character, but has many manifestations or attributes. The consideration of these shall now occupy our attention. What a rich segment of biblical truth this study is. To think that the great powerful being of the universe, with all the possessions and energies of the great personality of the Godhead, how profound to think that they dwell in the essence of love or make a continual choice to be guided by the great principles of disinterested goodwill toward all. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, how we thank Thee for this great foundational truth that Thou hast revealed to us through Thy Word. It is the greatest discovery that we as human beings can make as we consider the very essence of Thy great and glorious moral character, that Thou art love, and how we thank Thee that Thou art love and that thou hast revealed thy love in such a profound way through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And now today, as the gospel goes forth, men may repent of their sins, come to the cross of Jesus by inspired and living faith, find forgiveness full and free, go on in the happy service and join their very hearts in the heart of thy great essence and walk in love as dear children. May many do so today in Jesus' name. Amen.